Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. Yep. Welcome to the Fighting With Myself podcast. The podcast between a former amateur MMA fighter and a future Frank Sinatra impersonator. Really? <laughs> well, first off, you said fighting with myself and not friendly sparring. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. That's me talking to myself. <laughs> yeah, that's why, like, if you're watching, my eyes opened wide up and I was like, oh, shit, what's about to happen? <laughs> I... <laughs> right before we started recording oh shit <laughs> right before we started recording you're like oh i didn't tell you what i'm about to say and then you said fighting with yourself and i was like oh imagine what? imagine that's how like you know what it's not working out bruh i was like oh <laughs> am i about to get fired <laughs> no honestly i've had nothing but positive feedback since bringing you on the podcast fuck yeah glad to, ex- i mean as is the nature with this podcast it's only been a couple people really but 100% positive, right? right? Except when I was put on trial after my first. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So that's, but I mean, the, it was like, yeah. it was one of those. I wouldn't say that as a negative response, more as like a. a, a and yeah. And it was, it was action. not against like you as a co-host. It was just like against something you said. Right. And it, it, it was wrapped in, we call it a. Shout out. I, I, I work in a, uh, well, I work in tech support, but it's a customer service kind of facing role. And so they teach us on like how to talk to people, which like I didn't really need that because I fucking have worked in customer service my whole life. But, uh, you know, tech support people sometimes are like not people people. <laughs> right. So there's this thing called the empathy burger, like good thing, criticism or bad thing. Well, I call it compliment sandwich in if you're not, not talking about, like, you know, right. a, it's like a compliment, a criticism and then another compliment. But this is more like if you have to deliver some bad news, because he was right. like, love T-Cross. That was a fucking shit ass take. Still love him, though. It was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so Frank Sinatra impersonator. Yeah, that, so that was the funniest way I could put it in like an intro. I was trying to I was like, how can I phrase this? Um, I, I did audition for a play last night. And it is a it is like a murder mystery, and it's set in like Vegas in, like, I assume, the fifties era ish era, um, and it's like the characters are definitely based on the Rat Pack, That's and not cool. even like, you know, like sometimes oh this is inspired by and like the names are completely different, right? This is like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Oh wow! D like, like instead of Jerry Lewis, Jerry Blewis. I was like, hey man, there's no fucking way I'm playing Jerry Blewis. Yeah, let, let's just let's just give him the actual names. Like, who gives a right? Fuck? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Why? Well, I mean, like licensing, copyright, things like oh, that. Yeah, but right. um, oh, and this is my favorite. So, what one of the women characters is like a is Marilyn Monroe, uh-huh. and they fucking named her Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Can you fucking believe it? I was hearing like, so the audition itself was kind of stressful 
I'm going to um, need the phone numbers of every woman who wants to play Marilyn Monroe. I'm I'm going to once I explain, you're not necessarily going to want them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like well because like we did not i feel like there wasn't like a casting breakdown like something especially with like established shows which is kind of weird right because like if you're an actor especially in theater you kind of have a good knowledge of shows and so but when they put out audition notices they'll be like oh this role is blah 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 and it's like a synopsis in case you don't but this is a show that no one knows about and they didn't do that <laughs> i'm like what the fuck very interesting but um I I auditioned in the in like a small kind of like a senior center uh, rec center community place, and uh, the the audition was like everyone was in the same room, and I was like, even hey. the other people auditioning for the same role, exactly. Ooh, wow. um, and I so I didn't really have necessarily competition, although I did like I read with this guy, and then we switched parts and read each other's roles, uh, or the opposite role, you know. But it like we're not in the same age bracket. It's just like whether or not they want to go with like a younger guy versus an older guy for a certain right. role or whatever. Um, but we had to sing a song. We had to sing like a, a standard, and then we had to do reads. And I'm I'm hearing the people. I'm like trying to get ready for my read, and I'm hearing the women go up and and they're talking about uh, they they reference the Marilyn character. They're like Mrs. Monhoe. And I, I, I thought it was them roasting, like, uh, or and improvising. I was like, "That's good." And then I look at the script. And I'm like, "Oh, that's bad." <laughs> right. It was so. It was so interesting. But um, so I got to. I read a few different guy parts, and I I read for Frank. And Frank is uh, I think his um, uh, wife is supposed to be like Rosemary Clooney. I don't know if that's how it was in real life, but I think that's like the, there's a Rosemary character that's based on Rosemary Clooney. And then Marilyn Monroe is his mistress. And I'm like, that's the role I want to play. That's amazing. So I I might be stepping into a role that is inspired by Frank Sinatra, but like impersonator was kind of the way I only way I could. Uh, yeah. Uh, think about I, it. I would call it that. Yeah. Well, essentially. Yeah, I hope you get it. Thank you. I'll definitely get something. So like, it's, it's one of those things in like, as a guy in community theater, I already have this advantage. Like there's a bunch of women that want to do theater and typically not a lot of women roles. And by, by the other token, there's more guy roles and less guys that do theater. So there's less competition. Right. And uh, I think there was like five uh, male roles that they needed to fill and less than five guys that auditioned. So like one of the roles they're going to have to gender bend or, have a woman like dress up like a man. Well, you played like, a woman in your last your last performance. So. I did, I did. I'm I'm versatile. Yeah, <laughs> boy, there you go. Fucking right. a. Well, how, how was uh, your weekend? Anything to report before we get going? No, I mean, I went to the went to the Ranger game on Friday with my dad and my uncle, and uh, I always love going to Manhattan. I, every time I, I'm in Manhattan, regardless of what the reason is, I have like. Uh, just an air of, I don't even know how to describe it. I just feel better. I really enjoy Manhattan. Yeah. Could never live there. Yeah. Which we've not talked about. To live in there, but I, I, I really enjoy Manhattan. So that was fun. But other than that, not really. Well, it's, it's like an event, right? It's like going to the city right. is like, yeah, it's an event. Yeah. And, I've been uh, watching more hockey lately. 
dude, I, I watch hockey every day. There's no hockey for the next like four or five days because the All-Star game is this weekend. And they usually have like a break before the All-Star game. And like the Rangers don't play again until next Monday. And Friday was their last game before. So they have like 12 days off. And I'm like, I'm like fiending for more Rangers. Like there's there's been other games that I've been watching, but like I've watched every Ranger game so far this year and they've played 51 games so far. And I've watched every one. Like hockey's my fucking sport. I love hockey. Yeah, I remember you used to talk about it on your show. And uh, it's one of those sports where like, like I'm not a team sports guy. But yeah. whenever I watch hockey, I'm like, that's a sport I can get into. I yeah. just because of the team sports aspect, it just I don't get as like invested. Yeah. But um, I like the I like the Seattle Kraken. Dude, they have the best jerseys in the league. Yeah, and they've only been around. I think this is their second year in the league. Like second year, yeah. Fucking new, and uh, yeah, they're fun. I, I like their jerseys. Their first year in the league, they had they led the league in penalty minutes because all they would do is fight. <laughs> Like the guys on the team, I don't know if they had a bunch of rookies or whatnot, but they were like trying to show the league how big their dick is, and they led the league in penalty minutes. And I'm like, these are my fuck, these are my guys. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! I love it. I love everything about it. Yeah. Well, I was I was over at a friend's place a couple weeks ago, and they're like huge Devils fans, yeah. and even like the is like husband and wife uh, couple, and they um, the husband actually like played hockey. Oh, awesome! Um, like just on like a rec league team, probably. I don't, I don't know. Um, but when the Kraken played the Devils, I was like, "Listen, guys, I was rooting for the Devils when I was at your place. They were playing, I think, the Penguins or some. They were playing somebody, and I was like, yeah, okay, let's let's kick their ass.' But when we're playing the Kraken, come on. Yeah, <laughs> I actually speaking of the Kraken, I found this website um it's called like official park friends and they make sports jerseys with disney themes so they made a are you familiar with uh pirates of the caribbean yeah we talked so about the, remember the the soundtrack for the, oh, the yes. sword fighting so they this website has a seattle kraken inspired jersey but it's davy jones Oh, hell yeah. The tentacles off his face. And then the name on the back is Jones. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. I need this. That's uh, incredible. Can you send me that link? Because I I need it too. Yeah, I will. For sure. And on that note, let's kick this, uh, let's kick this show off. We decided, or when I say we, it was mostly your idea and I went with it. Um, we're, we're kind of just at the end of uh well we're now starting february um but we're we're starting off the year and so we kind of thought it'd be fun to look ahead and sort of predict who the champions will be by the end of 2023 i can't believe it's february already i feel like it was just new year's eve right dude fast quick tangent and this is kind of something i alluded to off off mic uh well yeah off mic i guess um I'm looking for a place to live now in New Jersey and the place in PA fell through. We talked about this and um, I'm sort of open to anything. I'm just like, Hey, if there's a place I can rest my head, let me, let me check it out. I'm looking at rooms to rent. I'm looking at places to rent, like, you know, for my own place. And uh, I, I came across a roommate situation in uh, Ewing, which people are, who are not in New Jersey, they may, may be familiar with Trenton. It's like right next to Trenton. 
And um, the, the, I'm trying to coordinate a time to go see the place. And the guy's like, yeah, we couldn't do this weekend because of the room's not ready yet, but we can do next weekend. And I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. And then I look at the calendar and next weekend is when uh, my show goes up that I'm in the stage reading. And I'm like, oh, well, I just realized I looked at the calendar uh, because we're now in February. That's actually, well, I have a show, so I won't be able to come. And he goes, oh yeah, dude, it's February. <laughs> I was like, thanks, man. Figure that out. <laughs> Yeah, it went by fast. Um, but yeah, I I figured there was no fights last weekend. Uh, so th- there's only so much news that can happen in a week that we can cover. And uh, thinking of some other things to talk about, you know, one one of the big things that if any of you guys listen to Ariel's show, uh, their guy, uh, GC, Georgia Connor, um, does a lot of future bets because uh, he's like their gambling expert, if you want to call him that. And uh, he does a lot of futures and like who's going to be the champion at the end of the year. And I think that's a cool concept to, to look ahead because, you know, some champions are active, some aren't. So some champions may only have one fight this year. Maybe they'll have two. And if you're Israel Adesanya, maybe you'll have four, you know? So it's, it's kind of a interesting uh, intricacy of of the sport to, because then, you you know, you got to take into account injuries because like, look what happened with Yuri Prohaska last year. And then no one was the champion at the end of there was a vacant title by yeah, the end for that division for that division. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a fun, fun game to play. Well, and, and we, we kind of talked about this a little bit when I was at your place watching the last pay-per-view because GC had put down two futures in the light heavyweight division, one on Yuri Prohaska, one on Magomed Ankaliyev. Yeah. Both fought for a title. One of them won. Neither actually lost their fight and neither ticket cashed. Yeah. Because the thing is they have to be holding the belt at the end of the yeah. year. And it's like, dude, sort of like the worst all time be- bad beat. All time bad beat. All yeah. all time. Yeah. Um so do you want to start with the women's divisions first or the men's? I do. I I feel let's start with the women's divisions and do the men's, and then we can kind of like we'll okay. go by division and trade off. So like I'll, you right. know, you give yours, I'll give mine, sort of like that. So you want to start with uh, straw weight? Yeah, women's straw. Because unfortunately, the UFC doesn't have an atom weight division. Very unfortunate. Because for a while, I was, I mean, it ended up working out. But I really wanted to see Michelle Waterson in the UFC. Because she was the atom weight champ in Invicta. And I was a big fan of her. Because she appeared on Bully Beatdown. The the show yes. with Nick Miller. And that's how I found out about her. And then I became a fan of her. And I'm like, oh, she's really tiny. And yeah. At the time, I did, I had never heard of atom weight. I had heard of like you know straw weight, and I'm like, and I'm looking her up, and they're like, oh, she's the atom weight champ. I'm like atom weight, what the fuck is this? And then I'm like, oh, they don't have that division in the UFC. She'll never be in the UFC. And then she you know moved up and moved up. Yeah, I mean, who knows if if her body changed and she could even make 105 if they were to absorb that division. But yeah, exactly, that's, that's, that's a fun division. And uh, but yeah, unfortunate. So. We got strong. I love that you mentioned Bully Beaton, by the way. We got to do a Bully Beaton episode at some point. Dude, I fucking love Bully Mayhem Beaton. is at like, he's he needs help. Oh, but yeah. that show was fucking awesome. Oh, hell yeah. Um, But anyway, so I'm just looking here because there's one person I want to throw 
a possibility on in that weight class, but I'm almost positive she'd lost her last fight, so it's not likely. She, yeah, she lost two of her last three, so never mind. I was gonna throw oh. some uh, throw some shade on uh, Mackenzie Dern, Oof. but not. I mean, she's ranked seventh, so it's possible. But since that one didn't pass in my mind, um, I'm going to say, you ready for this? Yes. Marina Rodriguez. I don't think she can get past Whaley, dude. You don't think so? I don't. I think, I think it'll be a fun-ass fight. So I'm looking at the rankings right now. Jessica Andrade lost two spots. She's now ranked sixth, and it says she's down two from last week. Interesting. Oh, well, that's at straw weight, but she just fought at flyweight was her last fight. She's up three spots yeah. flyweight. Okay, so she's ranked in both. Yeah, maybe that's they're not... trying to balance it out. It's that's kind of weird like, that way. One. How does that happen? And I forgot she fought up at uh, flyweight. So, yeah, I'm going to say Marina Rodriguez. I think she's tough. I think she's tall, and I think she's very good at using her range. Um, I don't know if she has a fight booked right now, but I think she has the possibility of getting it done. And Whaley is, uh, she can be up and down, like depending on who she's fighting. Like when she fought Rose both times, she didn't look great. Um, but then she, anyone else she fights, she looks good. So I think a lot can happen. Um, I would like yeah. Rena fight Rose. If either of them don't have fights booked, I'm almost positive Rose doesn't, but I think Marina versus Rose and like a number one contenders fight would be awesome. But I I'm, agree. I'm going to throw a wrench on, uh, th- throw a little sprinkle on Marina Rodriguez. A little sprinkle. Uh, I'm sticking with way with Whaley. And I think what, what you said is true, but what I think is that I think Rose kind of has her number in a way. Um, but I also think, um, so like she got starts the first fight, she got knocked the fuck out and then the second fight is I think the second fight is when she first started training with Henry. Right. And clearly that helped her, you know, she kind of went the distance. Some people think she won. I did. I don't, I mean, it was really close. It was close. It was close. Um, but here, actually a case for a draw kind of, but here's my thing against Wei Li. Um, because she'd be your favorite fighter. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> no I, I i like her a lot she's just a yeah. sweetheart and um the fact that she's like practicing her english means that she's like i want to you know i work for an american company i want to do what's right necessary. like jose aldo still all these years later doesn't speak any english not that that makes me dislike jose aldo but you know what i'm saying like right she's making an effort uh in that area which i think is fucking awesome um but I think because of who she beat to get the title, I'm not like fully there with her yet because like the whole Carla title run was weird. And she's yeah. not like she doesn't suck by any means. She won like six fights in a row to get to the title, but she's also not the most skilled fighter in the division. And I mean it wasn't a, it wasn't a competitive fight by any means, but you know you know what I'm trying to say? I do. I mean, it's not like a foregone conclusion. It's not someone like Valentina or or, or Amanda, someone that's super dominant. It's just yeah. like, I think she's really good, and I, I think she matches up well with the competition, but only yeah. time will tell. Yeah. They don't have a, a fight booked for her yet, right? 
Like I'm looking at. Uh, the- correct. I don't think there's any bookings for Whaley. Yeah, I don't. I don't see any bookings that I'm thinking about of any of these top girls. Uh, Carla's number one. Rose number two. Amanda Lamos number three. Marina Rodriguez. Yan Zhao Nan. Did she just get booked against Amanda Hebas? Oh, I- I'm not sure. I think I just saw an announcement with Amanda Hibas, who's ranked ninth. And I want to say it was Jan Shandan. I don't know why I want to say that. But, I mean, we're into like five, six, six Jessica Andrade, seven Mackenzie Dern, eight Tisha Torres. Like, none of these top ten girls have fights. So, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that division and why it's, like, being stalled out here. So, so th- that, that might be a division that only has one fight this year. So, good call. We'll see, but Whaley's a one Whaley. title fight. You mean? Yeah, one title fight. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, all right. Uh, so do we're we going to women's flyweight. Do we even need to? Do we even need to? Discuss? I think we do actually. Okay. Well, I'm picking Valentina. I figured by 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 virtue of you saying that, I figured. I thought about this a little bit, so I I, I started to think that Tyler fight was. Interesting. The Tyler Santos fight. I thought Tyler won the fight. I had a three to two Tyler. It was close though. But the fact the fact that neither of them were immediately campaigning for a rematch, like Valentina should have been like, that fight was close. I thought I won, but I didn't win as good as I want. Give me that chick again. And Tyler should have been like, I thought I won. A lot of people in the public thought I won. Let my because she broke her orbital. Like let my eye heal up, and I want that back immediately. And like she wasn't campaigning for it, which I found odd. But that is interesting. Bad pick. Yeah, I just think I think she has what it takes. After seeing that, like, and also it's also like I don't know if she can consistently make that weight. She's never missed weight, but she's big for the weight class, dude. I also wonder. I, I think Valentina would be the type of girl that, oh, I just had a close fight. I'm either, I don't know if she's losing interest or she's like, I need to train harder because that fight was too close. And now I'm going to try to separate myself even further. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say her, but Tyler Santos is not a bad pick, but they just booked her versus Alexa Grasso. Yes. Is... So I'm a big Alexa Grasso fan. I think that's a going to be a pretty bad mismatch. But I think that's a little too soon for her. But what's going on with uh, Manon Fierro, however you pronounce her name? They have Ooh, her yeah. Manon Fierro. Yeah, they have her ranked number one ahead of Tyler Santos. And then they have Jessica Andrade three. Well, I think when Manon fought, um, what was it, Caitlin Chukagan, they called that a number one contender fight. But maybe she wasn't ready to go, and Alexa Grasso was. Because yeah, Alexa Grasso was talking about wanting to fight Manon. It, like she, she, she wasn't sure whether or not she was going to be ready. She's like, "Yeah, of course I'll accept if they offer me a title fight, but I think maybe number one chance fight against Manon." So, I'd I'd like to see Jessica Andrade versus Manon for a, a a number one contender fight. Like maybe yeah, after the Valentina booking. Hell yeah. So I feel like I should actually explain my, because it's not just based on the fact that, you know, Tyler Santos arguably could have won that fight. I was thinking about the next three divisions, right? 
And I'm thinking, I was thinking about, you know, exactly what you said. Like, is Valentina hungry enough to keep doing this when she's just outclassing these girls? Did they, when is, when is the, that title fight booked for? Like how, how soon is that? I want to say it's like March or April. April? Okay. Yeah. So she could have three fights this year. She fights. She could. I, I think she moves up and gets the trilogy with Amanda and I'm picking her to beat Amanda in the trilogy. And so I pick, I'm picking her as my sort of like some of these are aspirational for me. Um, right. So I'm picking her to be my, my Bantamweight champ and uh, just keeping Amanda at Featherweight. But uh, that was kind of where I, I landed. I only That's- did, I only had one double champ prediction. That's not bad. Um, my only <clears throat> my only issue with that is, I think after Valentina moved down, she's noticeably smaller. Like she changed her entire lifestyle to get her body weight down. Um, yeah, and since that's then, true, Amanda has kind of done the opposite because she went up to fight Cyborg. And now Amanda making 35, she doesn't look nearly as good as she used to. Like, like her eyes look sucked in when she makes 35. Um, so I think they both changed their bodies to move in opposite directions. And I think if they meet at 35 again, I, I think I think Amanda would dismantle her. If the Amanda that just fought Pena the second time shows up, uh, Amanda can be inconsistent you know before her title run she was kind of a little bit inconsistent um but i i think if the right amanda shows up uh against a smaller valentina um that that i think it would be worse for valentina but with that being said i think valentina obviously has the capability to beat her a lot of people thought she did beat her in i forget which one but the nose was rose that's what the <laughs> it was this it was the second fight that people thought Valentina won. Okay. Uh, well, maybe some people thought about the first fight, but the first fight was like a three rounder on a Misha Tate yeah. Holly Holm card. Yeah. So I don't think there was a lot of controversy there, but this was like a five round close title fight. Um, Valentina wow. was heated at the press conference, saying, "I disagree with the judges. The uh, did they should not go go to the other side. The nose was rose." Like saying Amanda's nose was bloody. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> if you go, go back and find it, you can probably search the nose was rose because I feel like people have tagged that clip like that. It's so funny. The nose was rose. So here's my prediction for the next two. I think Amanda is bantamweight champ at the end of the year. And I think they wipe featherweight out. They're going to take the, the featherweight belt from her and they're not going to do it because I'm on the UFC website right now. They don't even have rankings. Yeah, no, I Europe. think they they know not what they're doing. Person, not a single person ranked at featherweight on the website. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Was there not a women's featherweight fight on the Brazil card we watched? I believe there was. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I I, I get that it, you're not investing in the division, but if if you're gonna schedule fights, you need to put some rankings up. Like, yeah. maybe they just don't want to be embarrassed by the fact that they don't have enough for a top fifteen. Yeah. but like. I don't know, man. I, yeah. I do think, like, yeah, they, they know what they're doing. They're just keeping it open for Amanda just so they can say she's a double champ. Right. And there may come a day when they will close it. But um, I don't know. I don't think it's this year. All right. 
So that's that's the women. Uh, do you want to start heavy, go down, or start light and go up with the men? Let's let's keep going. Uh, let's uh, start light and go up. So let's do men's flyweight. Okay. Uh, Should um, we say our answer on three? Yeah. One, two, two three. three. Brandon right. Moreno. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! That Dude, one I was pretty sure we we're we we're in, yeah. In I, I think now I I will say I do think Muhammad Mokhayev fights the belt this year. Mm. I don't think he beats Brandon Moreno though. He could get um, he could get a number one contender spot. Yeah, I just I'm really excited to see Brandon. <laughs> against Pantoja because that's going to be the next one and I, I I can't wait to see him avenge that loss yeah I think that's important for his legacy if he gets past Pantoja because realistically who else has beaten him the, the only other loss I can think of is uh, Sergio Pettis who's no longer in the UFC and fighting a Bantamweight like I don't think he could even make flyweight anymore yeah probably not yeah yeah I just I want everything good in the world to happen to Brandon Moreno I love exactly that. Yeah, this one was also like uh, thinking with my brain prediction, but also like a heart pick of like aspirational. I just want just yeah. put 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 out those good good jubies in yeah. the universe. Yeah. So at bantamweight, this division is so stacked. Like this is probably the hardest division to pick because, I mean, I, I'm looking here. Any anyone in the top fifteen could have a monster year and end up with the belt. Um, but again, like like we've discussed, how many title fights is that division going to have this year? Because um, it seems like uh, Aljo is going to be out and he's not fighting Cejudo because uh, he like tore his bicep or something. I've been seeing some reports of that and that yeah, for being delayed. So who knows? But man, that this division is fucking stacked. I mean, Adrian Yanez ranked thirteen. Like, he's it's crazy. An, he's still an up and comer, but that kid is a fucking monster. And he's trained with uh, Aljo. Oh yeah. So with all that being said, looking at the top fifteen here, I'm going to say it is, and I hate to say it, but I'm saying Henry Cejudo. <laughs> I think I think he beats Aljo if they fight and then Sean O'Malley is scheduled to be the next title fight after that and I don't think O'Malley beats either of them no matter who wins and then I mean Marab could have a good year but I'm going to I'm going to say Henry Cejudo that's my pick No that's a that's a good pick I uh Dagger to the heart because I hate that little munchkin. Yeah, same. <laughs> I started calling Goose Munchkin recently, so that actually sits with me differently. Um, I definitely think Suhudo beats Aljo and O'Malley. I don't know that I think Aljo beats O'Malley like definitively. It's definitely possible. I just feel like. I think the Jan fight O'Malley proved that he's better than it kind of fights to his competition, you know? It's kind of better than than he's, we th- thought. 
he's a very high level striker. He he's one of the few tall, lanky guys that knows how to use his reach. Um, but is his wrestling defense good enough against guys like Aljo and Cejudo? And yeah, I mean that's what that's what we'd find that's, out. That's the question, and uh, yeah. Fun, fun division, though. I love that division. Fun division, and I'm actually picking a name that you haven't mentioned yet. Okay. Chito Vera. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, I just I don't think he gets past uh, Corey uh, for the same reason that Corey had described that he thinks he's going to win because I didn't think about it that way until Corey described it. Are you are you? You know what what quote I'm referring to? I think, but I'm not entirely certain. He essentially said, like the last few fights that Cheetah was won, he's just counted on being tough and staying in there and landing the big shot. Like he got his ass whooped by Frankie Edgar, and then landed a front kick to the face. He got his ass kicked by Dominic Cruz, and then kicked him in the head. Like, and Corey is like, "You're not going to do that against me," and I kind of agree with him. It could happen. That's true. Absolutely could. I mean, if that's your thing where, you know, you're in your last round, you know, if you don't knock him out in this round, you lose, and you continuously go out and knock him out in the the last round, he could could pull it off. I just don't think he does. I would love for it to happen. I Cheeto's my favorite fighter in that division. I love that guy. Hell yeah. Uh, I just... That, that's one of my most anticipated fights of the year. That's currently announced. I'm really excited for that fight. I love the matchup. Uh, two tall, lanky guys that like to strike. That's Hell yeah. Right. One guy likes to stick and move. The other guy likes likes to stand and bang. Let's see what happens. I'm excited for that one. You know, Corey likes to stick and move, but as you saw with like the TJ fight and with his fight with, with, his fight with Jan, like he'll stand and bang. He doesn't like if you draw, yeah. he'll do it. So one hundred percent. If Cheeto can draw him into that, and I think he can, but it's it's gonna be a good one. I'm fucking, am- I'm getting amped just talking about. Yeah, it. no, that's a great fight. That fight. <clears throat> but that's a that is a, a an interesting pick, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, I I hope he gets it. I hope you're right. Yeah. I- oh, okay. This is another one. I feel like we have the same pick. One, two, three. Alexander. Volkanovski. <laughs> I got caught up in saying it. Yeah, Alex Volkanovski. There's no fucking other option. There's a conversation to be had at lightweight, and I guess we'll see how that plays out. But at featherweight, there's nothing. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I think the only way he gets beat at featherweight is if he gets bored uh, and he fight someone that he's not like super interested in like uh like if Arnold Allen who just got announced yesterday is fighting Max Holloway um if Arnold Allen beats Max Arnold Allen is talented he's won like nine or ten in a row but he's not a big name so like oh well you got to fight Arnold Allen he's on a 10 fight winning streak and just beat Max so like that's who you got to fight. It, it it could be in a situation where he's like, all right, that's the next guy. I guess I'll do it. But like, could take him lightly because he's been so dominant and you don't take guys like Arnold Allen lightly. But I don't, I don't, 
I don't think Volkanovski has that type of mentality. It's possible he, he could, but I don't think he does. And I, I think he steamrolls that division. Yeah, He's- like here's a guy who flew out to as a champion, flew out to be a backup fighter in a in a title weight for the next weight class. Yeah. He is that dude. He yep. is everything he says he is. He is like the still the hungriest guy. And I think I believe him when he says like well er, like Ariel will always ask him, like, what do you want? Uh, who do you want to fight next? Or what, what should be your next contender? And he's like, yeah, I'm looking for big fights, but I'm, all, I'm also looking to see who wants it. Who's that next hungriest guy? And if it's if it's Arnold Allen, I feel like. Yeah. And and when he said, when he talked about moving up to lightweight, and he's like, I'm going to win that belt, and I'm, I'm defending both. Like I want, like even before he talked about going up to lightweight, he's like, I want to have four fights every year. Like I want to be active. I want to be the most active champ. I want to fight this guy, and then I want to fight this guy, and then I want to fight again. He's like, I want, I just keep me active. So like, I want to be so active that I'm not only the most active champion in the in the company, but I'm defending. I'm more active in two different divisions than other champions are in their own division. So like. The, the fact that he wants to fight often, I, I think, proves how much he loves doing this. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think he steamrolls that division for sure. And for all those reasons, I'm also picking him to be the lightweight champion at the end of 2023. As am I. Fuck yeah. I wasn't I wasn't sure whether or not you were going to say, but you yeah, know, from what, so. our conversation, you said that you think he beats Islam. I'm like, all yeah. right, well, then there's nothing else, really. Yeah. And I, I have a question for you. I I heard this question. Somebody asked Chael this question on his podcast that came out yesterday. Is Alexander Volkanovsky the most underrated fighter of all time? To which he said yes. But then the follow-up question was, how can you say yes if he's ranked number one? Which is a solid follow-up, but... Being ranked number one by the rules committee and or the whatever committee comes up ranking does is different than how you're viewed in the public eye. Right. Like the public eye isn't like this is the greatest fucking fighter we've ever seen. Like when Anderson was around or when GSP was around. And uh you know, I, I still think it's a little early to compare him to GSP, who I think is the greatest ever. But yeah. But I, I would agree that he's wildly underappreciated. And I, I said it on your show several months ago before Kamara Usman got knocked out. Like, how the fuck is this guy not ranked number one? Like, it didn't make sense to me then. Uh, and I'm I'm glad they changed it. But I don't think Kamara Usman needed to get knocked out for him to be ranked number one. Right. I, think, I think the only reason he's ranked number one pound for pound right now is because he's the longest reigning. Of all, of, of all the champions, like he's had the most defenses of any other champion. I think that's the only reason. Had Camaro not beaten Leon, Camaro would have stayed above him. No matter, like if they just kept going back and forth, winning fights, like he would never would have surpassed them. No matter if Usman kept fighting Masvidal and then if he would have fought Diaz and then if he would have fought, who gives a fuck? Nothing Volkanovski could have done would have surpassed him through Kamaru Usman, I don't think, uh, in the rankings eyes, but personally, uh, he's been number one for a long time. I uh, I'm I love that guy. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, so him, I guess we're on to welterweight. Yeah, welterweight. 
This is going to be fun. Um, so I, this is like, I went against my tradition. What's that? And, and I actually picked with my brain. So I feel like we may actually have the same answer here too, but I'm curious to hear yours first. I don't think we're going to. I'm going to say Colby Covington. All right. Well, it was nice uh, doing the show with you, Tom. I think uh, we're at. (laughs) Oh my God. What? Because here's what's here's, here's how I predict welterweight is going to play out this year. Right. I think Leon beats Usman again. I think Colby, I think Colby is going to fight Hamzat. I think Colby beats Hamzat and I think Colby beats Leon. I think that's how the division is going to play out this year. Personally, I don't want that to happen, but I think that's what's going to happen. To me, Colby versus Leon is more interesting than Colby versus Hamzat. Um, Well, cause so actually for me, um, I think Hamza beats Colby, but not in a way that's like, I'm not saying he just like ragdolls him. I'm just saying to me, it's just two wrestlers like that. To, that fight doesn't necessarily interest me. It's like, all right, well, whoever has the best wrestling wins, is going to be someone winning on points probably. Unless Hamza just fucking gorilla fucks him, smash him. Cause like that could happen. He's bigger right. guy. But I actually think Leon doesn't get his due. And I, I think he could, I think his defensive wrestling could be enough to beat Leon. Whereas my, so my prediction, I think Hamzat will be the champion at the end. Um, so it's kind it's kind of like what you said, but I, I think Hamza beats Colby and then Hamza beats Leon. Um, and, but but even still, like I wasn't ever necessarily thinking about the path. I'm just thinking about like who's like right on the cusp of a title shot and is like the best right now. And I think it's Hamza. The thing I'll say about this division has bothered me for a long time. Um, if you look at the top of the division, a lot of these guys haven't really been interested in fighting each other. Uh, That's true. And it's very frustrating because you look at the top of the division. Colby Covington doesn't have a fight book. Hamzat doesn't have a fight book. Bilal doesn't have a fight book. Gilbert just signed to find Jorge. Gilbert's five, and he's fighting number 11, who's on a three-fight losing streak. Stephen Thompson just fought. Jeff Neal's injured. Sean Brady just fought. Vincente Luque doesn't have a fight booked. So, like, what what are the, the guys in the top 10 doing? that you have Camaro fighting Leon and then you have Gilbert Burns fighting number 11. Other than that, no one in the top 10 is currently booked. And I feel like none of them have fought in quite a while. Like why is Bilal not booked against Colby or Hamzat for that matter? Why is Hamzat not booked against Colby or anyone else in the top 10? What is holding that division up? Um, And it's frustrating to watch. And I, it's, it's annoying that Gilbert is fighting uh Jorge because Gilbert wins that fight I think pretty easily but you just beat a guy like yeah he's a big star but like like, he's been pretty vocal that he wants to win the title I I don't think he's in a position that beating uh Jorge gets him a title shot like this guy is on three fight losing streak like fight Hamzat again fight 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 Bilal like 
if he goes out and beats Bilal, that'll get that would get him a title shot, I would think. And uh, yeah, the top of that division is frustrating, but I, I think the way it's going to play out is uh, on. I, th- I think the only way Colby wins the title is if Leon has the belt when he fights for it uh, or Hamzat, but I think they're going to fight each other before they get to the belt. But I, I think he beats Hamzat also depending on how long that fight is because Colby is known to push the pace and Hamzat historically doesn't have great cardio. So I That's think it's true. I, I, if they make that a five round fight, I, I think it definitely favors, it favors I, Colby. Like Hamza would have to finish him. Yeah, and I, th- I think, I think Colby is in a position that he's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, uh, a fairy, uh, and he, he won't accept anything less than a main event. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't take a co-main event spot on a pay per view. Uh, he feels he's the biggest star in the sport. And whether it's a fight night or a pay-per-view, he, he won't accept anything less than a five-round title fight or, or a five-round fight in general. So I think if he does fight Hamzat, I think it would be a five-round fight, which is why I think he would beat him. If they did somehow end up in a three-round fight, I would pick Hamzat. But I think the way Colby has been historically the last few years is uh, he would only accept a, a five-round main event, in which case I think he would beat Hamzat. But That's fair. That, that's where my 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 thinking would come across, and I I think I just I think he beats Leon. I think Leon could beat him too, but I, I think he would beat Leon. And uh, I hate that like two of my least favorite fighters are people that I picked to be champions at the end of the year, Henry and Colby. <laughs> but like <laughs> I'm trying my best to think with my brain here. Yeah, uh, that I was for sure the the Sahuda one was not surprising. The Colby one was fucking surprising. <laughs> all right on to middleweight so middleweight now is so fucking interesting because they just booked the rematch him versus and i i saw i saw someone say this the other day on instagram so i can't take credit for it but and and i don't entirely agree with the statement but i saw someone say alex piera or Pajeda, however you pronounce it, Pajeda, right? Pajeda. Pajeda. Alex Pajeda is the most beatable champion, but the most likely to become double champ. Yeah, I because they, they think he can beat... Uh, I think he could beat Jamal. Jamal Hill. But which at middleweight... I agree. Everyone else at, is going to beat him. But at middleweight, I think he loses to Whitaker. I think he loses to Marvin Vittori. I think he could even lose possibly to Derek Brunson if he chooses to wrestle. Not that any of those three guys are gonna are getting the next title shot, but uh, Derek, I thought Derek Brunson retired. Is he still in the rankings? So they have him ranked fifth. Um, it's Interesting. Izzy one, Whitaker two, Cannoneer three, Marvin four, uh, Brunson five. Um, but I I thought he retired as well. But who who the fuck knows? But yeah. I think it's funny that because I I agree in the sense that he's like he's he's the most beatable champion, and I also think it's possible for him to become double champ, but I don't think it's the most likely because I think Volk has a better chance of doing it. But yeah, I thought that was a, a funny statement. But with that, being said, yeah. If we had done the show a week ago before the the Izzy announcement, I, I would have said either Robert Whitaker or Marvin Vittori. Uh, 
but I'm gonna go Izzy. I think Izzy. I think Izzy beats him in the rematch, or it's not it, the quadrilogy, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the fourth time they they're fighting, because I've watched all three of their fights, and Izzy's a better fighter. He's a better striker. Uh, he just had some shit luck, and uh, I think he's overdue. I think uh, I think he pulls it off this time, but fuck. Alex is that power is something else, man. You're redeemed. <laughs> I also picked Izzy. <laughs> that one was so easy for me too. Like I, I like I was like, it came down to it, it was like, do I think he's gonna win the rematch? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay, yeah, let's let's just yeah. Because it also came down to the fact that like because I haven't been as loud about my easy fandom as I had like in the past, like, even before the Alex fight. Right. He's just been so fucking weird online for the past like year or so. I'm like, yeah. bro, but I still love him, dude. Like, I I just can't. So another thing that I heard Chael Sonnen say today uh, on on his show, which I found very interesting, is that in both both fights that Izzy got finished by Alex, he dominated the beginning of the fight. The kickboxing fight, he won the first two rounds, got knocked out in the third. This fight, he won the first four rounds and got knocked out in the fifth. So what he said psychologically, which I found very interesting, is like if you're leading a horse to water, as they're getting closer to the water, they're going to start acting different in the way that like as you're getting towards the end of a fight, maybe subconsciously you start acting different, you're fighting different. Like you think, I won the first four rounds, I've just got to survive here. And you start fighting different. He's like, if he can convince himself that this is a seven round fight and then the fifth round ends. Oh wait, I thought I had two more. Nope. Fight's over. Like if you can convince yourself psychologically that the fight is longer than it actually is, you won't act different in the end. And I, I thought psychologically that was a, an interesting perspective, but uh, yeah. I'm, I'm that picking. is interesting. Although I actually think it's, it's the way Alex Pereira is that's right. making him think that way. Like, oh, it's the end of the fight. I got to really turn it on. Like desperation yeah. kind of. Right. Yeah. But yeah. interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I just think like, and even the last one, like, I'm not saying it was a bad stoppage. And the, like, I'll, I'll, I'll take the argument of like, yeah, he, he could have gotten finished badly if Mark didn't stop the fight. Um, but I, I, I do hate people saying, look at who look at who he was. Alex could have killed him with a knee or whatever. It's like, I don't know if you have to take that into account as a ref. It's like, what yeah. what fighter is this? Like two bodies. Yeah, I, but, I think your job as a ref is to stop it before they get killed with a knee. Like Right. Yeah, so... Well, that, oh. that's people saying like they're they're defending whether it's an early stoppage. Oh, because like okay. there's like some people that said, "Oh, that was early," but but the people that agree with the stoppage were saying, "No, look, he got killed with the knee." But I'm like, you don't know that. I I think the backlash that Mark Goddard got for that fight played a big part in why he didn't stop the Glover fight. Yeah, hundred percent. Which I think uh, we talked about. Yeah. So the. Because the beating that Glover took was significantly worse than the punches that Izzy or the the beating that Izzy took at the end there. But uh I mean, I don't know if we exactly talked about that stoppage, but it was I, I wasn't like too upset by it because 
I don't want to see yeah. his conscious. Same. You know, is he's the guy that's like, let me go out. Like, yeah, my job is. Yeah, just, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I didn't entirely hate it, but yeah, I, I think. Uh, I just think it proves that he, he has more like, yeah. he, you know, he wasn't getting badly finished. It just, he got into a compromising position. Like it was a fine stoppage, but. I, I think part of the issue was with the stoppage as well. Like, yeah, he was moving his head, but his hands were down. If he would have moved his head with the with the hand with the guard up, I I don't think the fight would have been stopped personally, as I think you know putting your hands up shows that you're trying to protect yourself better. Right, intelligent defense. Yeah, like you have your hands down by your waist and like you're trying to move your head. Um, so I, I think, I think, uh, I, I think Izzy pulls it off. Hell yeah, brother! And uh, you mentioned two hundred five. What do you think is going to be the champ at the end of two hundred five? Um, I I don't know because I think it depends on whether or not Yuri comes back. Um, because I think Yuri beats Jamal. Um, you don't think he's definitely coming back this year? I don't know because they they took or he gave the belt up whether he was coerced to do it because it was the worst shoulder injury they've ever seen. But now he's going on Ariel's show saying like, "Oh, I could fight by July." So like if he was only going to be out seven months, why did they take the belt off him and not just do an interim belt? I'm confused on whether like how bad the injury actually is. Um, But if he comes back, it's Yuri. If he doesn't come back, fuck, I don't know. Probably Jamal. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I think it's Yuri. I think he's definitely coming back. Um, I think I think they wanted the actual belt on the line, not an interim belt. Yeah. And that was kind of part of with the stripping. Yeah. I Probably. also think, like, I guess the injury happened at the PI, I think, and they were around. And so that's different than, like, hearing about it in training. Maybe they're, oh, yeah, the worst injury we've ever seen. I think that's a little bit of hyperbole. Yeah. You're trying to like save y- Yuri's uh, pride a little bit, like oh, right. it's the worst thing we've ever seen. But also, yeah. like, let's say it was a really bad injury. I also think maybe this is me buying into the fucking mystique and the lore of Yuri. But I'm like, he's built different. <laughs> like he's yeah. he can recover faster. And I I think that could be a detriment. Like because I, I, be. I don't know I don't know if you saw his recent appearance on Ariel show, but Ariel asked him like, are you worried? that being how like mentally tough you are, that you're going to try and push yourself through the shoulder injury and you're going to bring yourself back too quickly. Um, and he had a good answer where he's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying very hard to not do that. Like I'm trying, like I'm very aware that I, I am the type of person that would do that. And I'm trying my absolute hardest to not do that. So I think he, I don't, I don't think he will do that. I think he could do that. Uh, but yeah, I hope he sure. comes back this year because I really want to see him versus Jamal. Um, I I hope he, I hope they don't have Jamal fight again before that because I, I don't know who they would put him against. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say Anthony Smith. I think, I think both those guys could win that fight. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna say Yuri as well. I'm gonna go with that he does come back, and I'm gonna go with that he beats Jamal. I'm going to go with Yuri as well. Fuck yeah. But but on, on that front, do you think um, 
do you think Yuri versus Jamal is the next fight or is Jamal going to fight someone in the meantime? Because if he's ready yeah. to go in August, that's eight months away. I don't know if Jamal wants to wait eight months. I don't, I don't know if he has any injuries. Like he could do a fight in between. He could fight in April and then still be ready by August. I don't know. So yeah, it depends on when Yuri's ready. I didn't think that like Jamal was on the show talking, saying he he just wants to fight Yuri. Really, okay. which... I, I I didn't see the 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 more recent episode with Jamal. I didn't I didn't I didn't see that one yet. He was still an absolute dick to Ariel. Jamal was. Yeah. Why? He always just fucking confrontational. He's like, "You were picking against me, bro," and like all this shit. Like His interviews are hard to listen to. Yeah, exactly. He's just kind of an asshole. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he also did that thing that like I don't necessarily love when new champions do, where they act like they've had the belt for a while. They're like, "Oh, well, these other guys—they didn't earn it. They don't deserve it, or whatever." You know? <laughs> like they're like, "You're a champ, man. They—they're gonna tell you who's next." Like, don't I don't. Or know. the people that just won the belt, and you know, I don't love when like immediately after a fight, they're like, "When's the next one?" It's kind of like when someone has a baby, like, oh, when's baby number two coming? Like, hold on, my <laughs> pussy's still, like, it's not even fully healed yet. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think in, in the instance of, like, when you're a champion, when champions win the belt and they get asked that question, like, what's next? And they're like, oh, I'm going to take a break. Like, you just won the belt. I think you take a break when you don't have the belt anymore, personally. I yeah, think champion, agreed. You should fight. And uh, you should at least have a couple defenses before you're like, all right, give me like six months to relax. But like, you just won the belt. I don't know if Jamal said this, but like when champions just like, they just won the belt on Saturday, they're on aerial show on Monday. And they're like, I'm going to take a break for a few months. I know. I hate that dude. You made me think of two things. First of all, when you're using the baby analogy and you're like, <laughs> my pussy's not even healed. <laughs> I imagine it's like someone like a, a, a new, a newly crowned champion, like for some reason mixes those two in their mind. Like, so you just won the belt. What's next? What's next? My pussy isn't even healed. <laughs> yeah, there's still one hole down there the right? still in my butthole. And then I, and then I thought of the funniest example of I'm going to take a break or whatever after winning a title fight is fucking Jermaine Duran to me when they when they know that they created the, the 145 pound division for Cyborg she was supposed to fight either GDR or Holly but the timing didn't work out she's in the audience and they're like we got the baddest woman on the planet right there Cyborg waiting in the wings and he goes she goes well, I have to have surgery on my hand. <laughs> like, <laughs> just start that talking whole, about that whole thing drove me crazy because she fought males in Muay Thai in Thailand. Like, she fought actual, like, wasn't like a, a lady boy. She fought an actual. She fought an actual dude. Great male and knocked him the fuck out. And she's like, "Won't fight Cyborg. I'm going back down." I was like, "What?" Well, she she was on a hero show and she was like. I just think if I if I if I sign to fight her, it sends a message that I'm okay with the fact that she did peds, and then encourages. And that's not the kind of example I want to be. or Whatever I was like, yo, like fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. Ah, it was it was ridiculous. Um, all right, all right. Last Heavy. but not least, heavyweight. Heavy. John Jones. 
Yuri Prohaska. <laughs> I actually wrote down John Jones though. And, oh. I, and, and I think that's still my answer. But as we're talking about the return of Yuri, I'm like, what if he moves up, dude? Can you imagine Yuri versus John Jones? I would love to see that. Dream uh. scenario. John Jones absolutely dusts Cyril Gunn. Uh, Jamal and Yuri fight a few months later. Yuri gets on the mic and he was like, oh, if uh, John Jones wants to be the king, he'll know where his belt is. You know, the, the former 205, like, come back and claim it. But I'll say it in a fucking Yuri way. Yeah. And then John Jones will be like, listen, I can't fucking make 205 anymore, but you want to come on up. Your fucking party's waiting. I have to. Ooh, I would love that fight. I would love that too. That, uh, that could be another like Jones versus Gus uh, fight for me. Yeah. So here's a question for you about John Jones. From what I understand, he had hadn't already uh, eight fights left on his contract, um, but he got like a new manager and they like renegotiated. But he still has eight fights on his UFC contract. How many do you think he's gonna fight eight more times? Because he's I don't want to say he's old, but he's like 35, right? He's 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 towards the tail end of his career. Um I say of those eight, I think he fights three more times. Yeah, so what's interesting about that is a few things. So I think like guys last longer at heavyweight, like they don't cut weight, it's you know, easier on your body. And so he could be finding a new life. Like, let's see how he looks. Like, I almost want to like wait to answer this question. Um, but if, if it's, you know, like if, for example, if he, if he said at 205, no, I don't think he fights eight times. Cause I think the eight is like, like when Conor McGregor got that like $30 million deal or whatever he talked about, it was like, yeah, they got me for whatever these many fights, kind of like their insurance policy. Like they're just making sure that like they lock you in, you're not going to get out of your contract and go fight somewhere else. Like, they're paying John Jones a shit ton of money. They want to, you know, right. have him on the hook for or for whatever. So, so he's, I don't think he's going to fight eight times. But if he looks good at heavyweight and keeps going, it could he could, you know, it. it I, I would love that. You know, he's a yeah. sucker of a human being, but he's yeah. wildly entertaining to watch. Um, but my guess would be three. I think he's going to fight Cyril. He's going to win. He's going to fight Stipe. He's going to win. And then either Francis comes back and he fights Francis or he fights Curtis Blades. I think those are going to be his, his three. And then he's going to start feeling like he was at light at light heavyweight where he's like, this isn't fun. It's too easy. And I made $40 million in the last three fights. So like, peace out. I, I, if I had to put money on how I think John Jones's career is going to go from here, that's how I think it's going to happen. Do you think Curtis Blades beats John Jones. I think he's got the best shot. I think stylistically yeah. he has the best shot. Do I think he does? No. But again, like you just said, I want to see how he looks at heavyweight first. Yeah. Uh, if he could be slow and sluggish and who know, and he's never been like a one punch knockout type guy. Uh, but he's tough as fuck. Like the the like some of the beatings he took at two oh five, um, and now these guys are bigger and hit harder. So who knows? But I I would say, of the heavyweights, Curtis Blades probably has the best chance. Either him or Tom Aspinall. Um, Ooh. But I would say probably Curtis Blades has the best shot. 
I would th- I would think. Tom Aspinall versus John Jones is fucking great. Yeah, it, I like you said. I I hope now that he's at heavyweight, he feels reinvigorated. He's got new life and doesn't have to cut weight. Um, hopefully he does eight, and one of them is Tom Aspinall. I would love to see that. But yeah, my guess would be three. Fucking a. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a, um, you have a hard out. And we do have a couple of forum questions. Do you want to call it there for whatever? Or we want to save the other thing for, for later? No, I mean, it's, we're, we're good. We got like another 20, 25 minutes. So we're good. Okay. Yeah, let's do the forum first. Okay. Then let's take a quick break. Okay. And we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, the forum starts now. And uh, as as has become tradition lately, I'm going to start with a voicemail from the homie MMA Catfish. And here we go. Hey, yo, it's the MMA Catfish. How you doing, Kiju? Listen, he got... I want to start off this call in by saying thank you. I also find myself to be highly attractive, and I'm flattered. I truly am. One of the classic stories within MMA. Uh, guys, uh, you know, upcoming, the Spike Card, Derek Lewis, and uh, it was one of the feedbacks, some sort of Eastern Bloc guy who's probably going to kill him. Who you got? Um, Derek Lewis is cool. Derek Lewis is fun. Um, but the... Let's just say uh, heavyweight who does not look good getting off the bus but has really heavy hands only gets so far in MMA, and we've only seen examples of this about a million times. So, unfortunately, in this upcoming fight, I cannot pick Derek Lewis as much as I do like him. Uh, And unlike Juice, I do not always pick with just my heart Uh, sometimes. I just pick up what I think will happen. Uh, and in this fight, I definitely do not think that Derek Lewis will win. But what you got? I'm out. FMP for life. Fuck Mike. So I had some audio issues there where it wasn't actually playing it on full volume. Did you hear what are you saying? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes. Uh, and first off, I want to say that he called us tea juice, uh, which I found incredible. Loved it. Excellent. He's been doing that for the past couple of weeks. Really? Yeah. I haven't heard T-Juice at all. Uh, I think it was like the first one. He was like, what should I call you guys now? Like, I can't. It's, Julio's not a thing. What should I call you guys? Oh, yeah. T-Juice. Like, right oh, away. Wow. I, I missed that the last few weeks. Uh, that's excellent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. A little delayed. Um, but. So. I was going to pick Sergey Spivak originally, but today Derek Lewis posted a picture of him shirtless. He lost a ton of weight. Did he really? Oh, uh, I'll please. Oh, let me see if I can find, find this photo. I'll show the video, but he looks probably 240 pounds. If I had to guess, like he looks, uh, the caption is like, he's okay. 
So he he did some cardio, clearly. Uh, got his diet in order, clearly. Um, so I don't. I'm I'm gonna say Derek Lewis. I I think uh, I think he's starting to take Fuck the show yeah, seriously after losing, uh, you know, more than he's used to. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Derek Lewis. Fuck but yeah! This card, this card is in the middle of the night. Did you know? Did you know that the main card starts at 1 a.m. Eastern time? I know. I'm dude. I'm so mad. I, I sent a message to um, the group chat with Leo and Dave L. I was like, boys, this is fucking sad as fuck. Because if when I first found out it was a like, because you look at it, uh, the start date, it, it says Sunday, and I'm like. Am I going to have, and I heard that it was catering to the North Korean or yeah. South Korean. Uh, anyway, the Korean audience, because it was supposed to be in Korea and they couldn't do it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to be able to watch this while I work. No, I'm going to miss. And it's Laura. We haven't even talked about this. It's Laura Senko's commentary debut. Did you hear yes, that? I did hear that. Bro. So fucking excited for that. And most of the North American audience isn't going to hear her. Yes, exactly. Which I hope they continue to use her because if they literally just do that and, and then it's like, okay, well, we, you know, I feel like it's shady, but yeah, I think they will. Because I have to go on the contender series, right? Yeah, yeah, she she's great. Yeah, she's been putting her, putting her dues, and so I think like, uh. I didn't look at the exact start time, but the prelims probably start around 10 p.m. 10. Yeah, 10. That's what I thought. Yeah. I normally try to go to bed at 10 on Saturdays when I have work in the morning on, on Sundays. I was at your place until 1130. Bro, I, I had the worst sleep because I had to get up at 545 the next yeah, day. I can imagine. So I'm literally like going to miss this entire card. Yeah. Um, me too, especially the recap and uh, it'll be good for avoiding spoilers too, because yeah. I literally like, I won't even be on the timeline when anything meaningful is happening. I'm just going to roll out of bed, put the fights on be like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, half of these fighters on the prelims on the UFC's website don't even have pictures. Um, so I haven't heard of any of these people. Uh, I haven't even heard of most of the people on the main card, but it's funny that they're having a card catering to the uh, Korean audience, and then it's headlined by Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak. <laughs> Found that funny, but Duhu right. Choi, Duhu Choi is coming back on this card. I'm super excited for that. The return of the Korean Superboy. That's big news. That's exciting. So that that I am, I am uh, sad. I'm going to miss that fight. But... <laughs> Do you remember when he fought Jeremy Stevens? No. Wait, was that the, the crazy back and forth fight or was that his fight with Cub Swanson? The fight with Cub Swanson was the crazy back and forth one. Right. This was kind of similar in that it was like a little bit of back and forth, but it was only, I think, like two rounds. I think Jeremy Stevens stopped him. Really? Huh. Yeah, but it was it was during that run where Jeremy Stevens looked like he was actually going to make a title. Like he knocked out Josh Emmett. Right. Granted, there was some suspect with some back of the head stuff. People right. said there should have been a DQ. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, he fucking he should find and watch the uh post my interview. He he knocks out Korean Superboy or TKO or whatever, but he he stops him. And, and, and he's like, hey translator, come here. 
calling Duhotoy's translator over, and he was like, "I want to get some Korean fans translate this for me, or whatever." He was like saying, "Much love to the Korean Superboy," or whatever. Like, saying it was just like he was forcing the issue. It was so cringe, dude. I was like, "Jeremy, what are you fucking doing?" That's hilarious. Um, so who did who did you uh who are you picking in that fight? Who you got? Green Superboy versus no the the main event answering catfish. Oh oh answering catfish. I'm sorry, I've... Derek yeah, Lewis I'm, obviously. Yeah, Derek Lewis. I'm I'm taking right. Derek, but only because and, of the picture he posted today. Only because well, of that. and and to be honest with you, before that picture, before knowing about that picture, it was more like, okay, I'm running with Derek Lewis because he's my guy, but I'm well prepared to be disappointed. But now I'm like, you've given me new life. Yeah. Well, hopefully you don't end up disappointed. <laughs> well, like. See, I I really do think like not watching live, even if I don't get the results spoiled, but especially if I do get the results spoiled, it definitely like softens the blow on a lot of these disappointments because I haven't been truly disappointed with the result in such a long time. Right. And I think I think it's because I've been work, working Sundays and and not being able to stay up late to watch the fights on Saturdays, oh, and it's it's been good. Like I'll, I'll be watching this fight while I'm I'm doing my work and. I'll be like, okay, cool. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Any other, uh, any other questions here? What else we got? We did get one question, um, on Twitter. I'm saying, okay. other than that, and this is from Dave L. And uh, we love Dave L. here at the podcast. Yes, he says, in honor of this ridiculous fight card time, what is the funniest or stupidest thing you've pulled an all nighter for? Hmm. So the only time I've ever pulled an all-nighter in my life was in college. And none of them were intentional because I had to do anything. They were all because I was on a lot of drugs and could not fall asleep. So so I, I guess here's the story, beginning of the story. I I get go to my drug dealer to get my Molly that I was gonna take for the for the evening. Mm. And uh me and a couple of my friends were going to a show in Philadelphia. So and from what I was told, this venue was like real, real strict about, you know, checking you and whatever. So I get my my drugs and I take it back to my house. And the guy told me I don't I didn't have a scale. If, if I shorted you, let me know and I'll, I'll give you more. And I was like, okay. But as soon as he handed me the bag, I'm like, dude, you gave me way too much. Like I was doing, <laughs> I was doing Molly so often that like, I could literally eyeball you feel like, the way. Yeah. yeah. So like he handed it to me. I was looking for a gram and a half. He gave me the bag and I'm like, dude, this is way, way too fucking much. So uh, I take it back and I weigh it and it was two and a half. He gave me a gram too much. Like, that's a lot. So I go to my boys like, yo, we're getting fucked up tonight. And uh, they're like, yeah, actually, I don't really feel like doing it tonight. And I'm, like, I'm like, yo, all of these drugs are being taken. All of them. And they're like, not by us. I'm like, all right, well, uh, so I took all of it. Two and a half grams of Molly. Dude, yeah. Not all at once, but 
So before I go into the venue, I took a gram. And then like they told me, oh, this this venue is really, really strict. So what I did is I took the bag and I tucked it on the underside of my dick between my dick and my balls. And I took scotch tape and I scotch taped it to the underside of my penis. And then I get up to the line and they weren't strict at all. They went boom, like they underneath my armpits and my my waist and my pockets. And they're like, you're good. I, I could have just put it in my sock and I had it scotch taped to my penis. Um, <laughs> so then, yeah, I was up all night for that reason. And uh, more stories like that for no particular reason, just that I wanted to take drugs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. See, I, I don't have a crazy story like that, but I was thinking about like, he just left this question literally like a few minutes ago. And I've been thinking about it. The only time I actually pulled an all-nighter was grad night when I graduated high school. They were like, "Oh yeah, let's let's make a big deal out of it." You know, they 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 had some stuff for us to do. One of my fucking cats just knocked over a bottle of fucking vitamins or something. The fuck. Um. Anyway, they 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 brought us to like someone's house where they hired a caricature artist who used to work for Disney in the animation department and like did some caricatures of us. I'm like, this is pretty cool. And I was dating this girl at the time. So her, her and I were like together the whole night and we're just like, like we're going back and forth to places on like this shuttle or a bus or whatever, and just making out the entire time, just making everyone so uncomfortable, just like not giving a fuck. Just like high school or Utah. Oh, Utah. Okay. Which is kind of part of the story. Okay. Right, because well, first of all, it was a, it was a, my small school that was a primary high school. My graduating class was thirty five. Holy shit! My graduating class was six hundred. Yeah, it was it was my maybe even eight hundred or something, but in that range, six to eight hundred in in Vegas, I it would have been my graduating class, and then right. I moved uh, away thirty five, wow. less than forty, somewhere between thirty five and forty. I think it was thirty five. And so everyone knew everybody, and we're just making out. And they're just like, okay, let's leave these people alone. So we were just alone the entire night. And there's one point where they're like, I feel like there was a uh the idea was like we we're gonna sleep there at the at the place. And they they set us up little cots or whatever in the dance studio. And they may or may not have been playing a movie on a projector or something. I can't remember because I was obviously not focused on that. I was, was just focused you tongue, on you were tongue deep and uh you were, you were a tongue box. Yeah, yeah, I was. Know. I was playing. Yeah, tonsil hockey, uh, w- with this fine, upstanding Mormon girl, uh, and so we were like, and I like we talk. were, exactly, and so we were like, we were cuddling, uh, f- for like the whole the whole night in that part, and we were like spooning, and I was like, I wish there wasn't a fucking a ton of people right now because I'd be making something happen right fucking now. Yeah. And then we like broke up very shortly after that. Just like this fucking sucks. But uh, her and I reconnected recently. And let's just say she is not as virtuous as those days. Okay. So, but still lives in Utah. Interesting. I feel like your story was way better and I had to like jazz mine up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm, true, not, I'm not I'm not a pulling all nighter guy. Uh in college, my my major was television production. 
So after I got all my general education courses out of the way, the rest of my classes were like production classes. And I had a couple classes that were like TV history or film history where my homework was like watch a film and then write about it. So like I had a very easy uh, life in college um, as far as homework and whatnot goes. And because a lot of my classes were production, like there was no homework, like right. you come in the class once a week, you have a two, you have two and a half hours, you either film whatever you're filming. And then you get, when you're done filming that, then the next time you come to class, you're in the edit room and then you're editing whatever. So I didn't have a ton of homework. So I was never like, oh, I got to stay up late and write this paper till eight in the morning. So uh, all of my all-nighters were uh, because I took too many drugs. You're actually reminding me of another story that was kind of an all-nighter. Let's hear it. Um, so I had the same same experience in college. Like I went to a, an acting school for a reason. Like the, I picked a, I picked a college that did not require SAT scores or much transcripts. It was all audition based. And like, it was initially a, just a conservatory, like meaning no gen eds, you couldn't get a degree, but then my year they started a degree program, but they decided to tailor all the like gen eds to your, your art or whatever. So like my English class was creative writing or, and then like script writing, things like that. And, you know, we had to take like a business class or whatever, but it was all fucking uh, entertainment related. But, uh, after college, well, actually, I might have still been in my like, you know, I was definitely in my senior year or, or like at the end of my junior year. I'm not sure. But I worked at I've mentioned this place on the on the podcast a few times. I worked at a restaurant called Juicy Burger on Hollywood Boulevard. Mm -hmm. In case anyone has a, is unfamiliar with this, um, it is on Hollywood Boulevard where there's a bunch bunch of clubs and bars around last calls at 2 a.m. So if you're a restaurant on Hollywood Boulevard, it behooves you to stay open we got to talk about the word behooves actually. Um, so remember that for after. Um, it behooves you to stay open later. And so we would stay open until 4 a.m. So if I worked a closing shift, it'd be 11 to 4, well, 4.30, you know, you get out. And then right. when I lived in North Hollywood, um, the subway wouldn't, wouldn't run until like, I think five is when it would start running. So I would have to wait. And I basically wouldn't get to, to bed until six on those nights. But when I lived in Hollywood or when I was staying at my friend's place, that literally was like three blocks away from the restaurant um, where Leo lived for like years after. Um, my uh, my friend, let's call her Sarah. That's not her name. I've, I've never I've never concealed names on the pockets before, but for some reason I feel like I should. Um, pick, picked me up and to, to go back there, she was living there at the time. It was the kind of place that like, it was originally six of us by the, when we first started the lease and then people rotated out at one point there was nine people and like people just they, it was known as like the uh the amda hostel people would call it because people would just rotate in and out of there she picks me up and then the uh we're just sitting there like talking on the couch and she's just like yeah i just started hooking up with this guy i feel like she was trying to make me jealous because she knew i liked her i was like okay we didn't have to say that um and then uh leo's friend who is also a roommate there kind of my friend but more leo's friend uh was there Let's call him Al. That is kind of his name, but I don't give a fuck about concealing his identity. <laughs> <laughs> but Al isn't short for what you think it is. Um, so it's fine. He's, he, we're sitting there. He's like, maybe we should like have a threesome, guys. 
I just uh, he was he's the kind of guy that would say like weird shit like that. He said, Maybe we should have a threesome. And then he just like goes into the other room and I was like, Hey, what if we call his bluff? And so her and I just get naked and he comes out and he's like, Oh, 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 I was kidding. And so we didn't have a threesome or a twosome. We put our oh. clothes on back after that, but I was like, that could have been something. It could have been something. He's got, I don't know if I've told this or before that, that same guy that I didn't care for fuck about concealing his identity. I was on a date one time when I did live there and I brought the girl back. We were just chilling on the couch with another friend as well. We're kind of all like talking. It wasn't like we were, we're alone. This motherfucker burst through the door running to the bathroom saying, holy shit, the Nazis are coming. I have to take a shit. And the whole night she couldn't stop talking about how funny that was. I was like, this motherfucker cock blocked me by being a weirdo. Because and it made her laugh. So, I you want to hear the story about the closest Please. I ever got to a threesome? Yes. So when I was in college, I I was friends with these two girls who lived uh here where where I live now in Middletown, and they they used to come visit me all the time, and uh, I would only hook up with one of them, like go all the way. The other girl we would like get drunk and make out at the parties and whatever, but like the one that would sleep in my bed with me was just one of them and then there was one night where like the two of them were making out with each other and then like we were having like three-way make-out sessions and then like i don't know why i never asked it before but i was just like dude like i i have sex with you i make out with you like you guys make out with each other like <laughs> the math is mathing like, like let's, let's make it. <laughs> and uh they were like nah you know we like make out but we would never go further than that and i'm like all right i guess i get it and as the night goes on i'm like come on let's do it come on let's do it come on let's do it and i just kept nagging them and then they're like all right fine i'm like all right let's get the fuck out of here so we leave we go back to my apartment and one of my friends uh was staying at my apartment that night so like we get oh. in and we go upstairs we're in my room and like we're doing the thing like i'm in the middle of it like not actually so like we're making out whatever yeah your foreplay yeah and like the three of us are all naked and we're like fooling around and then the girl who i never had sex with was like oh i left my purse downstairs i'm like what what are you talking about and she's like i don't know that guy sleeping on your couch and i dropped my purse by the front door i'm like he's asleep like get it later like please <laughs> and she's like i'll be right back so she leaves my apartment or my bedroom, butt ass naked, runs downstairs to grab her purse. And then me and the other girl are just sitting there naked, like waiting for her to come back. She never came back because when she went downstairs, she woke the guy up and he was like, whoa, naked girl, like come in. And they ended up fucking on my couch. And wow, she goes from not trusting him to fucking like, he's a stranger. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, if that was like her plan all along because she thought he was hot or whatever. I don't fucking know. But like the three of us were naked in bed, us. kind of in the process. And then she's like, I'm out. And then the next morning I told my buddy that that happened. And he was like, well, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, I, I didn't know it was going to happen until 10 minutes before I got home. You're already asleep. So like, right. He's like are you going to warn him? Like, I may come in with two girls. One of them might try and sleep with you. Don't let that happen. Like yeah. you would have to have foresight. Yeah. So. He's like, dude, I not only cock blocked you, but I cock blocked you from a threesome. I feel like the worst. I'm like, you are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't do it on purpose, but you're still the worst. 
And yeah, that was the closest I ever got and the closest I probably ever will get. And it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. That's what porn's for. I can live vicariously through uh, Manuel Ferreira. Yes, you can. Yeah. Who the fuck is Manuel Ferreira? He's just one of the few Russian guys that does porn that I'm a fan of. Well said. Totally not going to look him up after this, uh, figure out who that is. Yeah. You, you'll, if you look, I don't know how often you watch porn, but if you look him up, you'll probably recognize him. I, say, I, probably, I probably have seen him. All right. I got a heart out. Um, yep. I'm, t- I'm taking my girls uh, ice skating here. So fun night. Fucking A. Love that for you. Um, why don't you real quick tell people where they can follow you? Oh, keep up the boss on Instagram. That's the only social media I use. Um, unfortunately, I'm still waiting for Big Daddy Elon to to mm. actually believe in free speech. So I can get my Twitter back, but maybe I'm better off without Twitter. But in the meantime, follow me on Instagram. Sandy Pants followed me on Instagram the other day, so we love that. We, we we love to see that. Definitely yeah. go follow T Cross. It's like it's like you said. You can go on my IG at, at Friendly Sparpod. Follow me, follow my personal account on Twitter, you guys, at Aaronish Jackson. If anyone's listening and doesn't follow that account, fix that right now. Um, and then and then follow the show for, at Friendly Sparpod. And uh, let me shout out the patrons, we'll get the fuck out of here. Uh shout out to APB, Sandy Pants, Alex from Jersey, T Cross, Fee, Dave L, Jimmy the Drunk, Mixed the Man, Anonymous, David Everett, Wholesome MMA, Brian Pichet. Dave, a.k.a. Nobby Buckles, Supermanly Nick, David S., The Champ, D. Kronz, Harry Andrew, Cakes, QAR, Dash, and Zim. We out!